Nature's Edge is on the air. Dale Stewart here. Those of you who follow the show and those who know me outside the radio know that I'm all about preparedness. Whether I'm preparing for another expedition to the wild, getting ready for winter, or some unknown event, like our guest today, I am a huge believer in planning. I am proud to have uh, with me today... uh, a lady named Jane, who is a city girl turned prepper. The world also knows her as Survivor Jane, and she is the creator and editor of the Disaster Survival and Preparedness website, SurvivorJane.com. Jane's mission is to help educate people on how to better prepare by sharing her experiences and research in a really easy-to-understand talk. And she does this on various preparedness topics. She uh, is also uh, uh, on Twitter with uh, with a hashtag Prepper Talk, and I believe this is, if I'm not mistaken, and Jane can correct me, I believe this is the largest uh, Prepper uh, group on on uh, Twitter. And uh, she is also the author of a book where there is no cosmetic counter, and the soon to be released revision. Emergency Survival Hygiene, a prepper cookbook on making survival hygiene products. Uh, She is a regular contributor to National Geographic Channel's Doomsday Prepper, uh, Preppers and Shooter Magazine, Prepare Magazine, and many other preparedness periodicals. She was recently seen on, uh, I I think, season four of National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers, and I would like to uh, welcome my friend, Survivor Jane. How are you, dear? Well, thank you. You know, Dale, I am great, and I am so glad to finally be on. Um, I have uh, followed you and uh, all your journeys and all of your uh, uh, irons in the fire, if you will. And uh, so here we are now on another Absolutely, journey. absolutely, and and I can. I'm proud to say I've known this lady for a number of years, and uh, and she's a real deal, folks. Uh, Jane, before we get into all of this, a question that I'm often asked, and so I'm just going to ask you: What is a prepper? You know what? Ask a thousand different people, and you're going to get a. It's almost like barbecue. You know what is barbecue? Well, it's sweet. No, it's spicy. Well, it's hot. You know, it is it, somebody that understands that we are in an unstable world and that is taking responsibility for themselves by making sure that they just have the basic needs. You know, going out and making sure you have water or you have food and you have a good shelter or you have a place to go just in case something was to happen. And um, another thing is protection. Now, protection, again, we can get into what is protection, but what that means is an ability to take care of yourself to take care of your family, and to take care of your products, I mean, uh, your property. So, you know, a preparedness person, if you throw it all into it, it's somebody that is taking responsibility for themselves. i got to ask, Jane, do you see a difference between a prepper and and someone that's uh, a survivalist or known as a survivor? You know, I do. I think that a prepper is more into the um, self-reliance lifestyle, um, to me, I see the survivalist as more that, you know, take it, take yourself, take your body out there, um, put yourself in the wilderness, and you can take care of uh, yourself. You don't need any consumer product to do it. I think preparedness is more um, uh, the prepper, if you will, gets more into the consumer mindset of it. 
Yeah, and I, and I agree with that, and and I really consider myself both of those. It's kind of a crazy uh, mixture, but I I got to know, uh, and and I want you to talk to our our listeners a little bit because I know you have not always been into preparedness, have you? Uh, you know what? I've been into shoes and pocketbooks, but not preparedness. You're I correct. know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you. Um, I was doing fine in my little world, uh, Dale, until probably I would say, you know, now Y2K came around, but I'm not computer literate. I mean, I know how to turn it on and I had to, I know how to type. But besides that, I know nothing about the workings of a computer. So when everybody was talking about uh, something about the world was going to end because the computers were going down, I have to say I, I didn't quite understand, but that was first glimpse of some type of a large global something that could happen. But I really didn't do anything about it during that time. But then we were hit. Uh, I came from Florida, um, a transplant um, from Central Florida. And in 2014, we got hit. I mean, back-to-backs, two weeks apart hurricanes. So then first part they took i think my roof was the first part and then next it was just pieces parts that came along so one after the other there wasn't power for quite a while in fact it was just tarps and tarps of uh, blue uh, roof coverings everywhere you saw that was like oh okay that was when i learned that the debit card that i carried with me at all times that was the that was the, the gatekeeper to my world. I could buy any shoes I wanted. I could buy go to any restaurant I wanted. When I went to go get gas, because I only had an eighth of a tank of gas, well, I didn't know that gas pumps worked on electricity. I mean, that's how naive I was. And I will tell you, Dale, I think that there are far more of me out there or the former me than what uh, I, uh, that we, we really uh, it, it's it's one of those, like, what do you mean you didn't know that you can't go to a restaurant because they don't have power and try to eat? So, again, that was that eye-opener. But I think the two biggies was the housing market bubble and, then of course, the market, the, the stock market crash. That's when I w- my eyes were opened because uh, I was losing about $7,000 a month in my 401K that I had spent so much time doubling up because I wanted to live in the lifestyle that I was used to. But the straw that broke the camel's back, um, long story short, uh, two men uh, attempted to carjack me. That's when I knew, you know what, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Things are not the rosy little world that I thought they were. Yeah, and, and I, if, if I remember right, uh, the area you moved from was around Orlando, and it was becoming a fairly dangerous city as well, correct? Absolutely. In fact, I think it was uh, at that time, it was the sixth most dangerous city in the world. That's when and I knew that, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't feel safe anymore. And that's, uh, I think that's a story that I hear from more and more people uh, that are moving uh, out of urban settings and moving into the rural areas. And, and they're doing it really because they want to be safer. They want their families to be safer and they want to become uh, sustainable and i think that's something that's a good thing that we have seen certainly happen uh in the in this uh 21st century from the beginning of it till uh, till today uh, it's it's still going on and and uh i i'm glad to see it myself i just don't want a lot of people moving out in the rural area where i am and, 
<laughs> Turn, turning it into That's a suburb. Rural won't be rural anymore. <laughs> That's right. I'll have to. I'll have to go even even deeper into uh, deeper into the wild. Our guest, <laughs> our guest today on Nature's Edge is Survivor Jane, and uh, Jane is uh, quite an interesting lady. And we're going to talk about a, a quite a number of other things with her right now. And when we come back from our break, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, Jane, how you really got started in in getting more prepared, and if you had uh, back in you said I think two thousand four when the hurricanes hit and Y two K happened, you know about that same time I had written a book called On Your Own. If you'd uh, read that book, Jane, you wouldn't have been in such a, a lost cause. You know, and that's shame on me, but uh, I, I wouldn't have even given it a second thought. You know, it's funny. I have people come up to me today. Of course, that book is now out of publication, but I have people coming up to me all the time and say, you know, Dale, I read your book back in, in 2000, and it was pretty amazing uh, to me, and can I get another copy? And I said, well, you know, there's still a few of them floating around out there. Maybe it's time... Uh, Maybe it's time I sat down with Survivor Jane and we did another edition. What do you think? You know what? I think that we're going to take some time to do that. All right, my friend. You're listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart and our special guest, Survivor Jane, and we shall return. are back. This is Nature's Edge, and I'm Dale Stewart. Our guest today is the one and only Survivor Jane. And, and Jane, we were talking before the break about how you got into uh, preparedness, and uh, I'd like you to expand a little bit more on, uh, on how you got started and what really got you into this whole uh, preparedness world that uh, uh, is, is all around us now. Well, sure. Um, actually, I, I, I did talk about all those serious events. It wasn't just one event. It was just a culmination of everything. But when I realized living in Central Florida and watching um, when hurricanes or severe storms and what have you, because I was uh, uh, raised in Florida, and I watched how it happens. People come from the Keys, then they come up from Miami, then they come up and they continue to move. But what happens, Dale, is other people are coming in at different intervals also, and it becomes gridlock. And it dawned on me that if I was ever to want to get out because of some unforeseen catastrophic uh, event or disaster or whatever, I couldn't get out. I would be stuck. So I had to do a lot of soul searching, but I decided to sell my home that was worth absolutely nothing at that point. Um, the huge thing was I walked away from a corporate job. Now that is very, very scary for somebody to do because I was a eight to fiver, you know, Monday through Friday and um, had been forever, but I decided to walk away from that job, um, cash in my 401k, which was again, absolutely nothing. Um, and I decided to move to Western North Carolina, a place that I never, ever, 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 I swore I would never want to live here. 
it's beautiful, and I would come and visit because my parents retired there um, 18 years before from Orlando. Um, but I, I chose Western North Carolina because of the fact that my parents lived there, but most specifically, my mother was the oldest of seven children. So in her lifetime, she had done all of the, or her, her childhood, uh, being the oldest of seven, she had to do all the cooking. You know, she had to do the cleaning. She had to do the darning. She had to do all of these things because her parents had to work. So to me, who better to learn from than somebody that has done it and grew up with it? Now, she didn't want her children to be in the lifestyle that she was at when we were younger, and so she encouraged us to be in clubs and social civic groups and what have you, and I did. And my focus was all things social, which I know you probably find that real hard to believe, but <laughs> I love people, and I love to be around them, and I love their energy. So I didn't cook. You know, I didn't clean. I didn't do anything because I worked. I had the uh, income to pay for somebody to come in and clean. And uh, I went out to eat at restaurants because it was a whole lot easier to, to just go out and eat and then come home and relax. So um, that was my focus. Now, I will tell you something that's a little bittersweet. Um, I had nine good months with my mother and father until one beautiful sunny day, somebody was in a little bit of a hurry, and they struck my mom and dad's vehicle as they were going into town, and they killed them both. Now, it is sad, but the blessing is that they both left together. But what it opened my eyes to is that you cannot rely on anybody else. You have to do this preparedness lifestyle yourself. You can't sit back, and I see so many people um, when I go to conferences and expos and talk, and they'll come up and they'll say, Jane, how do I get my wife on board? You know, I'm out here doing all of this stuff, and she's still out shopping, and she's still out doing the social things, and she's still out doing all of this, and um, it's going to be a scary time if, in fact, something happens because you're going to have a hysterical wife or a naysayer husband or a family that's begrudging what you're doing. Um, but I, I like to share that because I really put all of my energy into watching my mother do the things that she did and not doing them myself. So I was put in a situation where it was it was it was sink or swim then. Yeah, I you know, and and one of the things that you know you were talking about uh, the women talking to you about uh, you know or the men talking to you about how to get someone on board is as you know it. I'm a huge believer that it has to be a, a, a family uh, a decision and the training has to be as a family or. or it doesn't always work. And, you know, I have women coming up to me more and more and more, and I, I would like to think you've had something to do with this, Jane. And they're saying, you know, Dale, I'm all about this, and how do I get my, my lazy husband uh, who mm-hmm. who has this macho attitude that, oh, don't worry about it, uh, dear, I'll take care of you when bad things happen. And that's just not the way it works, is it? Well, you know, I, I'd like to think that they really think that they are the protector, um, but protection part only goes so far how are you going to feed the children how are you going to feed your spouse how are you going to make sure that they have the hydration that they need heaven forbid that you would have to leave your home for some unforeseen reason now i'm not talking about necessarily going into the backwoods but 
Have you ever calculated? I did something fun one time. I took my GPS and instead of put driving distance, I put walking. Yeah. I suggest any of your listeners to do that. When you say, oh, I'll just go to my, my neighbor's house, they're just down the road. Well, the down the road could maybe be five or ten miles. Oh, absolutely. Calculate how long it'll take to get five miles, ten miles walking, and it will be an eye-opener, Dale. It, it really is. And, you know, another thing, and I, I talk about this quite a bit on the show, is people also buy a lot of gear and they buy a lot of things, including GPS systems, and they never use them until they think they need them, and then it's, uh, you know, it's getting dark on them, and they don't know how to do this, or they don't know how to do that, or they don't know how to start a fire, or they don't know. And and it amazes me uh, how people will do that without uh, using the equipment before they actually need it. And and when That's you, true. yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about walking, uh, of course, you've you've known me pretty well, and and uh, Leslie can tell you I live about. Oh, 25 miles from this radio uh, station. But if something happened today and I couldn't drive to my house, I could still get there. I have my little backpack. Absolutely. I always have my little backpack with me, and it's got exactly what I need. And I also know about how long it will take me to get to my house, not just in one one way, but in about five or six different ways. It's called redundancy, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we... Well, I know we are a consumer-oriented world, and I say don't buy without try. You know, don't buy and not try. You know, I because that's what it is. It's like who can get the most stuff? Who can take a bag, a, a, a emergency go bag, and cram it full of as much stuff as you can get that you don't even have a clue? You just have a checklist. Okay, now I need this. Now I need that. And you've got this bag full of stuff. Yeah. that you have not even tried and wouldn't have a clue. And during a disaster, during a time where you have got to move in a hurry is not the time to be practicing. That it is not. And, and you know, I'm a huge believer in, in training. And, and as you know, I do a lot of teaching, and I know you do a lot of teaching and, and lecturing. And, and there's nothing wrong with going to someone and saying, you know, I really don't know how to do this. Will you show me how to do it? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's we're, I always say we're all in this together. Nobody is any better than anybody else because if the poo hits the fan, we're all in a, a deep pile of it. You know, I mean, it's like we are in the same situation. We're both going to put our pants on the same way. We're both going to do this and this and that. So that's where the rubber meets the, the road, really. Well, yeah, it, it really is. Although I, I am a little picky about who I want to be with when that happens. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that you'll have a choice, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm I'm that survivor guy, so I'm I'm headed into the wild anyway. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> this is Dale Stewart. You are listening to Nature's Edge, and we're having a great discussion with my friend Survivor Jane. And we shall return uh, very shortly and continue uh, discussions with uh, with Miss Jane about uh, all things uh, prepper.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Stewart, and you are listening to Nature's Edge. My special guest today is the one and only Survivor Jane. And since uh, we we know about Survivor Jane, but we don't know about Survivor Jane, so Jane, why don't you tell us about creating that whole Survivor Jane uh, persona and and SurvivorJane.com and and Prepper Talk and all all the things you're involved with. Okay, well, thanks. Um, well, as we talked about, I'm a little social, so I was on all the social medias and still am, but uh, what I wasn't finding when I would do internet research is I wouldn't find things, websites on preparedness that I understood. I went to some of the hardcore um, websites, if you will, and they talked militaristic or they talked um, like military terms and I did I'm sorry I didn't know what in the world they were talking about and honestly to tell you the truth I was spending more time researching what a word meant an acronym meant a phrase meant uh, a weapon meant that um, I got to thinking you know what there have got to be more people out there that are just as frustrated that as I am now these are very reputable um, websites um, that thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are going to. So I thought, well, you know, these are, this is where I want to go, where I can understand, but I wasn't understanding. So I decided to create my own website, SurvivorJane.com, and I was just taking everything that I was learning, but I was just, and I'm not going to say dumb it down or girl it down or whatever or fifth grade it down, but I was honestly just putting it into terms that people could understand because preparedness deal is a little bit overwhelming to some people it's like well wait i'm i don't have anything so i'm too far too far behind the the eight ball that that there i would never be able to catch up and that's not true no it's, it's not it's just a one step at a time and so that's what i try to stress is focus on this and so i just write articles um i do a lot of mental um articles um on SurvivorJane.com, and I talk about things that most people don't think about. Uh, so it initially started out um, as a preparedness for women website. Women that are much like I was that were so focused on exterior and um, things that really, on the whole scheme of things, don't really matter, but they did to me. And there are like I said, there's far more of me out there on my past me, and so that's the market that I was uh, focusing on. But what happened was apparently men were just as frustrated as I, as I w- was as, uh, to some of these websites, and they began frequenting my uh, website and coming and visiting and reading, and I just started getting email after email after email that I sent my wife, my daughter, my aunt, my grandmother, my girlfriend to your website, but I started reading it too, and I've learned so much. So I honestly just say that I focus on people, you know, education for people. The website says preparedness for women, but, you know, those men that can get into their feminine side, you know, and, and read it too, you know, that's all the better. Yeah, and it and, it is a great it is a great website whether you're a man or a woman and and you said something you know uh, Jane it's dear to me and that's the the mental side and I do know you that uh, you write some excellent articles on the on the mental aspects. 
Well, because it is not, again, I, I have to stress, it's not all about stuff. It's not all about the consumer product. And I, I highly suggest that you have the things, but also, you know, you've got to be able to use the old noggin, too, because those things might be taken away. So then what do you do? Where's the skills? Where's the knowledge? Where's the things that you're going to have to, to use that are on your body, which are up in up the, the old brain? Um, but then being on uh, the social media part of it, I was frustrated that I wasn't being able to, to get in touch with more preparedness-minded people because, as you know, on the social medias, um, you make up your name. You, you make up your little handle, if you will. So it might not have anything to do with preparedness and yet might be the best preparedness people out there. So I created a hashtag, which for your listeners that don't understand what a hashtag is, it's nothing more than a search term. And by using the hashtag, doing a search for Prepper Talk, when people, especially on Twitter, when they put that hashtag on their little tweet, you can follow everybody that has put that hashtag. And so it becomes a timeline or a forum. And at last count, there were probably, oh, ballpark around 300,000 people that are using Prepper Talk right now. So that's, that's pretty exciting since it's only been going for about four years. Yeah, it is, and it's a great place to go. I know wherever once in a while I have a little time, and I I will have something to say on there. And I love it. I love to see people that, you know, it's just whenever. Um, I always suggest if you have a question, put it out there because somebody's going to be able to jump in there and give you some type of answer, or then lots of people will come in and give their take on that same thing. So it gives you a kind of a, a different perspective because um, preparedness is not necessarily like shoes. You know, it's not like one size fits all. You know, I mean, you, you have to uh, definitely get out there and kind of find what works for you. And I also know uh, Survivor Jane happens to have a pair of camo stiletto heels. <laughs> I do. I know you do. <laughs> and, and they're great. <laughs> I couldn't let go of the girliness. And I, and that's another thing I want to stress is, Dale, you don't have to give up who you are. I am still every bit the girly girl that I was, less going to the shopping malls and buying things, you know, or less wearing the big uh, stilettos. I have learned I have 40 animals here uh, on the homestead, and they don't care if you're in your nightgown you know, or your bathing suit, or in an old pair of jeans, you know, they just want to be fed, so I don't have to worry about dutying up so much uh, um, here at home, but, you know, again, I'm not going to let go of who I am. No, and and, and you shouldn't. Uh, let me, we as we move forward here, we got a couple of minutes, why don't you, let's move forward and talk a little bit about uh, uh, your book, Where There's No Cosmetic Counter, and, and kind of where the idea for that came from. Well, because of the fact that, again, um, we are living within our means up here. And when I say up here, we're up on a mountain. So we're probably about 45 minutes away from town, as they call it, which I that's something I had to get used to. What does going to town mean? You know, I'm going to the mall or I'm going shopping, but here you go to town, which town consists of they'll one Walmart and then a bunch of little mom and pop things. So that's all I had. Um, and unfortunately, I was used to going to the big department stores to buy 
any grooming aids that I needed, whether it's lotions or perfumes or makeup or whatever. Um, but because of the money was tight, I had to start making it myself. So I started doing research and how to make this and how to make that. And I started just jotting them down, you know, and just keeping me a grooming notebook of how to make things. But the interesting part about it was everything was coming out of the kitchen. I mean, I'm not talking about going and buying these chemical sets that you could put different things or what have you. No, this this was out of garden herbs or out of um, pantry items that I had already. And I thought, hmm, you know, this would be a good way to share with people that if, in fact, something ever happened and they lost their means to replenish um, their uh, grooming aids, Maybe I could, so I titled the book Where There Is No Cosmetic Calendar, and my biggest mistake is I made the color pink, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a girl thing, and actually my target audience was for women, but I found that a lot of guys were buying the, um, the book too, but they just, they couldn't, they couldn't get around that pink cover, so I have come out, and it should be out in the next couple days, in fact, so I'm really excited about it. New cover, new index, and new uh, tidbits inside the book called Emergency Survival Hygiene, a Prepper Cookbook to Making Survival Hygiene and Products. That sounds a little bit more manly, and guys can kind of hang on to that a little bit more than that uh, pink, uh, pink book with the, the makeup uh, stand out into the woods, you know, so... Um, but that's what it is. It's honestly, it's not about how to survive, you know, about survival hygiene. It's what to do once all of those things are gone. Yep. Uh, I mean, I talk about what What do you do with toilet paper gone? What do you do when your shampoo's gone? What are you going to do with um, this, 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 and that? And I get, I get into the nitty-gritty of it. Jane, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about just why hygiene is important in preparedness. Sure. Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale Stewart, and we're speaking with the one and only survivor, Jane. And, Jane, we were talking about uh, about your book uh, and, and your discussions on the importance of hygiene. And if, if just, just quickly, why don't, you, uh, why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about why hygiene is so important in preparedness? You know, I'd love to. I, to me, I think it's, it's a critical element that is overlooked. I don't know why. But if you think about it, if we get into a situation where a catastrophic event, just take Katrina for a minute, you know, just take anything that we've seen, Super uh, Superstorm Sandy, any of those big events, you are going to be doing things that you probably have not done ever or you've only done a couple times, you know, like you know, getting out there and moving debris or... Um, having to cook over an open fire or just all of these things, you are going to be overexerted, you're going to be tired, you're going to get reckless, and one tiny cut, one tiny burn can turn into a huge life-threatening event. Um, People don't think about that infectious disease. Did you know that that is one of the, the thing that kills people the most is infection? As a matter I mean, of fact, I do, think. yeah. I mean, think about a splinter. 
we get splinters and we don't even think about it. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, your finger is swollen on the side and you're wondering, oh, I wonder what that is. Now put yourself in a filthy, dirty situation and all of a sudden you've got something where you can't get a hold of a doctor, you can't get a hold of medical care, and you don't have the needs, you don't have the way to keep yourself clean um, um, or sanitize something. So that's why it was really, really important to stress. There's not very many. Um, I, I did a lot of research, and there's just not very many um, periodicals or books on preparedness hygiene. No, there really so aren't. I'm, I talk about all kinds of stuff. I talk about nasty things. I talk about foot fungus, athletes' feet. You know, you, where you get out there and you're in boots and you're working or you're in shoes or you're walking, you're in sweat, you're going to get some things that aren't maybe so good. Or how about your hair? Most people like to keep their hair cut short and groomed. I actually put um, directions on how to trim your hair, how to cut your hair, how to remove ingrown hair, um, uh, an ingrown hair, um, and even alternative feminine care. Women don't think beyond their store. No, they you really know, once they go to their market. And so I'm trying to bring more awareness that hygiene is more than just toilet paper and soap. Absolutely. And that runs out. Absolutely. Let me ask you the, the uh, where where can people is your book available now on uh, like at Amazon and different places like that. You know, it is. Both of them are going to be available. Like I said, the next one, the emergency survivor uh, hygiene, will be on Amazon in the next couple of days. But both of them are um, paperback books, not Kindle. And uh, because to me, uh, I'll probably get booed for this, but I am all about getting away from electronics if you can. And I think that a good resource preparedness library is where it's going to be. So I only have them on paperback. Well, it is, and, and I'm, I'm glad you do there. As we uh, as we move through this, I want to talk to you just quickly about. I know you uh, you were recently on uh, National Geographic Channel's Doomsday Prepper. You want to tell me a little about that experience? You know, I will. Real short and sweet. I've been asked since the pilot, uh, which was in 2011, to come on the show. And after seeing the way that they portrayed um, good, honest hardworking, preparedness-minded people as complete nutcases, I just said, no, I'm not interested in that. You know, I will do the tweet chats for you. I will write on your your um, your Nat Geo TV blog. I will do all those things to help you out, but no way will I come on until this season, season four, when they said, well, no, no, we're not doing the elaborate bunkers. We're not doing the big assault weapons. We're not doing the on and on and on. We're getting back to basics. Well, I don't know what people think when they go on this show, but we signed a contract that said we will not show firearms. We will not show a storeroom full of food. We will not show. And we put down what we would and what we wouldn't do. I don't know if people just get so caught up in the camera crews doing their, I mean, being there that they just will do anything and everything the field producer asks or not. But this was 30 hours, three days of shooting for 15 minutes, and it was, I will have to say, it was it was grueling, but um, I'm pleased that the way we were portrayed, we took off our foiled hats, and we almost looked normal, so it, it was a good experience, because we laid down the groundwork first. Yeah, and I, I watched it, and I was, I was glad to see, because had you gone the other way, you would have been getting a phone call from yours truly, uh, and, and you know... Uh, you know what? There was a comical scene, which was not so comical because everybody is just blasting me. They they supplied the mask 
for the uh, pepper thing. There was nothing wrong with us crushing the peppers and whatever. We didn't even need the mask and all that stuff. Just some gloves would have been fine. What happened was Rick actually took a pot of water and put it on the stove, and it had a tiny little flake of pepper. And that hit the element, Dale, and it started smoking. And it was fierce. That is what that commotion was. You don't (laughs) cough over pepper whatever, uh, you know, the the smell of it. It was because of smoke, but that was the sensational (laughs) moment. We were so careful not to do anything, and that was the sensational moment that they had been waiting like hawks for. Oh, yeah, and (laughs) it's all about that. We've got about a minute left, uh, uh, Jane, and I want to talk to you a little bit about an event that you guys have coming up, which I'm proud to say that I'm going to be a part of, but it's Prepper Camp. You want to Take, uh, I do. Take I about wanna, a minute to talk about that. I want to absolutely throw this out. This is a three-day immersion event. And what that means is, is it's not just sitting there listening to somebody. You are actually going to get hands-on with over 36 of the best speakers and instructions, not from just this local area. They are coming from all over the world. We're just fortunate that you, Dale, and uh, Eugene Runkus from Hillbilly Blood and uh, some of the other great names out there, uh, Bill Forshison, we all know him as the author of One Second After, will be a yep. keynote speaker on Saturday night. Um, 48 classes, and all in a camping outdoor setting, so you could actually practice those preps. Bring your survival food, bring your bug-out bags, bring all the things that you've been wanting to practice. It's in Saluda, North Carolina. The website is www.preppercamp.com. Prepper uh, September 12th or the 14th, and I would highly suggest you get online and get those tickets now. Yeah, well, and I, and I know tickets are going fast. Are, are there any campsites left, uh, Jane? You know what? I'm not quite sure. I know that the RV sites, uh, there might be a few of them. All of the regular campsites are gone, and we actually had to create, which I think is going to be a, just a blast, is a tent city where you can just kind of come out and rough it. So if you just want to take your, your tent Put it out there, put a sleeping bag out there, and, and get down and dirty as far as, you know, practicing those preps. We've actually um, opened that up, too, and we've had that. That has just been hugely responsive. So, um, honestly, the website, go into the, um, the reservation area, and it will give you more information as far as uh, I think that just about all of the, the RV pop-ups are taken also, but I would, I would suggest that you, you go on there because I don't know as today – if uh, um, what's available and what's not. You know, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and as you know, I got on there very early, and I think I got one of the better sites at the whole, uh, at the whole area. And, uh, you know, and what I have done is I have made a map, and I put a big circle with an arrow where you are so everybody can come and see you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to... No, uh, just teasing. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that's all right. You know, I know how to, uh, to walk away, and, and Gene's going to be... Go. Yeah, Gene and I are both going to be in the same spot, so we both are pretty good at uh, at walking away from there. Our guest today. But if you do, let let go, me just run it. That everybody, all the speakers will have their own booths out at the shopping mall there, so you will be able to go and physically talk to them after their their sessions, also. And uh, and we're all looking forward to it. This has been a, a an absolute pleasure, uh, Survivor Jane, to have you on Nature's Edge with me, and I look forward to uh, to seeing you next week and we will uh we will be talking more about what's going on in the world of nature 
upcoming episodes. And until next time, this is Dale Stewart, and I will see you in the wild.